0: And I think you'll know who you are when, when this is said. I saw a picture of a, a flower bud. And it was just beginning to open up. And the Lord wants you to know that something is opening in your life now. And there will be a sweet aroma and a beauty about your life that you've not known to this point. So Lord, we receive that, we celebrate that for whoever that is. Uh, Lord, you may, may you be in all we do and say today in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated, if you would, please. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'd like for you to welcome my friend, Kalen Brown, and his wife, Bernie, this morning. Kalen pastor City Church up in the Heights. And uh, how many years ago was it that you... Called me, remember? Uh, 20. Yeah, 20 years ago. he's a long-term, long, 22, probably 22 years. long-term pastor friend. Great, great guy. So, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming today. Well, change. Some people love it. Some people loathe it. Some people put it off as long as they possibly can. And I hope today you will not only. Accept it, but embrace the change that the Lord has for us. Hope Center has certainly been through its share of change. You have too, marriage, graduation from high school, graduation from college, moving, changing jobs, whatever it may be. I think there's a fear that comes with change because of the unknown. We don't know fully what is happening next, and we like to know. Even in my life right now, I, I wish I knew what was next. <laughs> I don't. This is the fourth time that I've retired, and I haven't known what was next in any of those other times, so I don't know why I would expect that it would be known this time. Hope Center uh, began out of Faith Chapel. A number of years ago, we gave a, a church shower. Remember that, Grove? And we gave lots of gifts to Grove and the people that were gonna come out and minister on the south side. They started in Garfield School, and then a number of years later, moved into this building. Grove did such a great job uh, remodeling and leading the way for all of that. Then uh, Grove retired and Ben him to be your pastor. Uh, I came in the midst of the time that Ben was uh, very, very ill with brain tumor. We didn't know what was going to happen to him. He asked me if I'd take the church and I told him no, that uh, let's wait and see what the Lord does with you first, maybe you're not going to heaven yet, and, uh, but he did. And uh, Ginger and I uh, came down, and one story that I want to share with with you this morning is I was sitting in my office one day, and Arnie was out in the lobby area. There was a homeless, two homeless people sitting with him. The one homeless person you would recognize, his name is Stanley. You might not recognize him because he's lost so much weight, but he's been around for years on the street. And there was another person sitting there with him that I didn't, I didn't know. But I was in my office, and Ernie was giving them something to eat. And a fight broke out outside my office. And at first, I laughed because I thought, "Gosh, that's never—that never happened to me at Faith Chapel." They never had a fight break out outside. <laughs> so I looked out there, and they were thumping on each other and yelling and screaming. And So I got up. I wanted to make sure that Arnie was okay, so I got up and went out in the lobby, and I said, Arnie, is everything okay? He said, yes. He said, uh, Stanley got up in a turmoil because of all the stuff that's going on outside, so I had to call the police. And... Uh, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait with you until the police come. So I walked over by the front door. And I wasn't standing there very long until this other person stood up and started walking toward me. I could see it was a woman, probably early 30s, homeless, homeless woman. And she walked toward me, and she walked this close by me as she was walking out the door, and she said, I'm sorry. I said, you don't have anything to be sorry about. You're fine. And she walked out the door, and my eyes followed her out the door, and I could see that her pants were about halfway down on her butt. And when I saw that, God did something in me that I didn't see coming at all. He used that to cause me to begin to think about actually coming and being the pastor down here. And I, it was the next Sunday or two, I was driving down 27th Street, and I saw the words hope written on the back of the church. They weren't there yet, but I saw them there. And God began stirring my heart with vision and uh, things things about the future and what, what we could do. And I was excitedly sharing those with Ginger at home one day in my office, and she said, you're going to take that church, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I am <laughs> if they ask me. So... Uh, that was the beginning of the of the story. Uh, I can look out across not only this group but the previous group too. Yeah, Tim, I see you. Yeah. And I and I have such fond memories about so many of you. you know, I've known Arnie for gosh, I don't know how many years, but he's a precious man, and his wife Dee. Nancy, I, I have a picture of you on my phone, and I, I always say this is what a native godly woman looks like. She's a dear person. She really is. See, Chris, gosh, it's been such a joy, Chris, to get to know you and have you on the church council. Of course, Grove and Bev, known for many, many years. And Peaches, you hold a very special place in Ginger and I's life. Uh the first the first Christmas we were here, Peaches made me this little this little scene. It had a Christmas tree and a motorcycle on there. Remember that remember that Peaches? And then the next year she got me what was it, a potholder and something else. I don't remember exactly what that was now, but at Christmas time that year I showed those to my family. And I used you as an example of a generous spirit. That meant a lot to our kids and to our family. So we want you to know we love you, Peaches. Amen. You guys, Tim and Linda, when you come to take over a smaller church, you never know uh, what people are going to be like. Linda, of course, is the treasurer. And I just want to say publicly, she has done such an exemplary job. She, she does it as a gift to the church, and she does it as unto the Lord, and it doesn't show that she's a volunteer. She really does excellent, excellent work, and we appreciate it. And uh, Victor, I remember the first time I met you, you were sitting out in the lobby. I think you are getting ready to have surgery about that time. You're the first person in the church that I kind of felt this kinship with as we talked. It was such a joy to get to get to meet you. And Allie, of course, is uh works in the office. I didn't know what to expect. But she is a joy. She really she really is a joy. And we love you very much, Allie and, and Victor. You're great people. And uh, Mike, I've known you for a number of years. It was a joy for us to see you guys start coming to Going to church down here, and Dan, I've had coffee with quite a bit, and Jim, done such a great job with worship. Really appreciate you. It wasn't too long after we came that uh, Jared started attending church. Uh, I think Josh Stewart, a Native American young man who who uh, is the basketball coach at Lodge Grass knew Jared from his days at Skyview, coaching basketball, so he asked, he told Jared I was down here and what I was doing, and so Jared came down and and it wasn't too many months until we, at least I kind of knew, he's, he's, the, he's the guy. He'd gone through our Bible Institute at Faith Chapel, and I've known Jared for many, 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 many years. So when I think about somebody, you know, taking over or hiring someone, I always always think about about, uh, character and competence and compatibility. Jared has the character. You've seen that. He's lived his life before you. He has what it takes. uh, uh, Competence, obviously very well qualified in terms of education and also, experience, we poured life into him for the last three years. And compatibility. Uh, gosh, Jared, it's just been a joy to work with you. It really has. It's not always a joy to have people working with you, but you have been a joy. We've. I don't think we've ever had a crossword. I don't think we've ever, I've never been sideways with each other. Maybe, maybe he's been sideways with me, but I didn't know it if he was. So it's just been... It's been a true uh, joy and pleasure to, to have, him, have him come. So I know you celebrate with me today and, and embrace the change that's coming. And so today we want to lay hands on, on uh, Jared and Kim. So I'd like to ask Ginger and the church council members to come up, if you would, please. And we want to pray over them. I wish I'd have brought it. I forgot to this morning. I've got two eight-pound weights at home. And when you hold the weight out like this, eight pounds, that's nothing. But if you hold it out there long enough, it starts going like this. just gets to be quite a burden. And I, and I know for Jared, this probably doesn't seem like a heavy weight right now but I pray that the Lord will prepare you for the endurance that's required when those shaky times come, because they will. And uh, we really trust in the Lord's anointing today. I want to pray two verses over Jared today. The first one is in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the Lord says to you, now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And Lord, it's in that that we rest today. We're thankful for Jared's character and competence, for the kind of man that he is. But Lord, more than that, we trust your anointing would come upon him today in the name of Jesus. Your spirit would rest on him. You'd give him favor with people. You'd give him favor in our community. You'd give him favor in the South Side community. And Lord, we pray that many, 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 many people would be drawn to Jesus through his ministry, would be discipled and developed in you. And Lord, I pray for Kim too, that you would disgrace her. I know that there will be things that will come on her life as a result of this as well. So help her serve with a smile on her face, Lord, and with joy in her heart. And we celebrate and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. So, Jared, last thing I want to do is just uh, hand you the keys. So so you need to know that if you push this panic button right here, the police will come. All right. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: So I I did tell Stan that I get the mic last today and he hasn't received his final paycheck. So I'm I'm flattered that he said all those things, but he might be working for that last paycheck or making sure I don't say anything bad about him. But no, Stan, thank you very much for saying those things. Um, I I want to ask a question. How many of you people know Ryan Fitzpatrick, who he is? A few of you guys. Well, do you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is? He's the quarterback now for the Washington football team. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has perpetually been the backup quarterback. Now, he's a Harvard graduate, so he's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. Probably if I showed a picture of him, he's the guy with the big, he's got a big beard. And uh, he always comes into the end of the game when uh, a starting quarterback goes down, and he's the backup quarterback. And he comes up, and he comes in. When the team is sure to lose the game, he comes back and does these crazy things and they end up winning the game and so then everybody loves him and they want him to be the starting quarterback but ultimately he just ends up being the backup quarterback again so everybody loves the backup quarterback in football right they all all want the backup quarterback they all think he's the best and, and they they want him to come into the game and to have these miraculously comeback plays and these winning winning drives to win the game and uh, in fact in Ryan's life he's earned a couple nicknames. His first nickname he he earns earned because he comes into these games is Fitz Magic because he just works this magic and ends up winning the game. But then he does become the starter, the fans get what they wish and then he earns the name Fitz Tragic. And so today these last few years I've I've spent as the backup quarterback so all of you guys, when Stan leaves and, and he, he leaves me in charge and he has me come up here and speak, you guys say all these nice things about me and, and kind of like a backup quarterback, you say all these nice things and well now it's my turn to become the starter. And what I'm hoping is that my time as a starter is more like Tom Brady's, which I've discovered that it wasn't necessarily Tom Brady I didn't like, I think it was the New England Patriots I didn't like. So... New England fans, I'm sorry. I, I still don't like New England. But um, Tom Brady, who has won seven Super Bowls, had major, major success, still playing, probably the best quarterback that's ever played the game. So hopefully that's my time here, is that is, is, is we have just, we, we, we grow the kingdom. We, we advance the kingdom. And so I don't want it to be, I want it to be like Fitz Magic, not Fitz Tragic, who is actually on his eighth team. As a quarterback. Now, Stan didn't talk about Moses or Abraham like he did the first service, but I'm going to share with a little bit about what I'm going to talk about here today is that at the end of Moses' life, he passes the baton off to, to Joshua. And so that's kind of what it feels like. It's a little bit like Joshua, where Joshua's got to follow in the footsteps of this guy named Moses, which those are pretty big footsteps to follow. That's a hard task to follow, and Joshua's probably like going, God, I don't know about that. How can I do this? And so, like Joshua, I'm kind of feeling the same way because I'm just a pharmacist. I'm just a pharmacist. Stan mentioned knowing Kalen, but I've known Bernie probably as long as he's known you, and I've also known you through a result of that, and she knows me as a pharmacist. She doesn't know me as a pastor. And so who am I to be a pastor of a church? i like, Joshua's probably going, who am I to do this? You know, I'm just really good at counting pills and putting labels on it and sending out the door and maybe taking your money. Yeah. That's what I'm good at. But God gives Joshua a pep talk. So I want us to look at Joshua 1. We're going to look at the first nine verses to start. If you want to grab the Bible underneath your seats, it's on page 213. And just listen with me. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, stands here. He's right here. He's not dead. He's not going anywhere. I don't think there's, he told me last service, there's no immediate plans for that. So, don't, that's, that's not the case. But now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm giving, about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. <clears throat> your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon. And from the great river, the Euphrates. All the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now over the past two years, Stan's pep talk to me, he's never used those words, be strong and courageous never once. He's never said that once. In fact, the only thing he kept doing is every week when we would meet, he goes, when are you going to be ready to take over? When are you going to take over? Over and over again. And I'm serious about that. Like he really did. Like that was the thing. And of course, I, some of you know this, I'm very good at deflecting this. So I deflected it to Kim. I said, well, Kim's not ready for me to take over. So it's her fault. And Stan, he's a smart guy. I mean, he couldn't have been do- doing this for over 40 years. He's pretty smart. So if you've noticed around Easter time, He just disappeared for six weeks and I'm kind of smart too. I figured out, well, he's not here. So I guess I got to do it for six weeks and take over. So he left me in charge during that time. But what I can say is that Stan did pour everything he had into me, teaching me, being ready. Even last week he had a cold and he was kind enough to share that with me this week. So I'm struggling with that a little bit. But for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful, Stan. Thank you. So, but Stan, what we thought he was doing, and even to, for Kim and I's wish was to get our youngest kid through high school, to have him graduate through high school before we made this change, just to give that time to happen. But what was really happening was, is God was getting me ready for today. He was preparing me because I wasn't ready that couple years ago for that. Now, God in, this, in his speech to Joshua, his pep talk to Joshua, he says, I'm going to give you all this land. But if you remember the story previous to this, the Israelites were given this land 40 years ago. But the Israelites, they had some work to do too. Because they weren't ready for this, for this land either. They had some work to do within themselves. And Joshua was having some work to do. And then God told Joshua, he goes, you know what, I'm going to always be with you. I'm never going to leave you he tells him be strong be courageous and Joshua you're going to lead these people and as I look back over this time I I think of God saying to me it's like you know what Jared you've got some work to do Jared I'm always going to be with you I'm never going to leave you and you need to be strong and you need to be courageous and you're going to lead these people and for that I got to say I'm just truly humbled I'm humbled because when I first came down here I had No, I did not even imagine that God would have me be the pastor of Hope Center, to be your next pastor. And I'm honored for that. And I couldn't really ask for a better assignment from God than to be your pastor. Now, some mornings I do kind of wake up or in the middle of the night I go, what the heck am I doing? What is going? How can I do this? Because I'm a drug dealer. Legal I got a license it's official'm I'm, I'm legal i'm not going to get arrested. you know and i I kind of thought you know i'm kind of introverted, I like to hide behind that counter i don't really like people that well. Man, was I wrong? God had some other plans for me because I had some work to do, and God was doing work in me and the thing is is all this whole time, even twenty years ago, God was always doing work now. It was probably six or eight years ago. Some of you have heard a little bit of this story before. But I was in Santa Ana, El Salvador. Very poor neighborhood. And the last night we're there, we have this little prayer gathering. And there's this, this, this kind of a pillar in the church. But she comes up to me and she wants to pray for me. She speaks maybe 20 words of English. She doesn't speak, speak English very well. But she knows these words. She looks at me and she goes, now you. You have a heart to change people. I'm like, thanks, great, what do I do with that? I said, I don't know what that means. So then she prays over me and, and she's speaking and she's speaking and there's an interpreter and she's praying and we're all just crying and, and it's just a, you know, we're just in a mess. And so then she starts speaking in tongues and I don't know what she's saying, but what I know now is when I look back, I said, I think she anointed me for, today, for this day she saw something in me and I I think I started to realize what it means a heart to change people. heart to change people to love Jesus. And so I see that and I I look at her, she probably knew, it's like, you know what, you got this heart but you got some work to do. And you know what, God needs you to be strong, he needs you to be courageous and this role that you're going to step in, you may not feel qualified but just know that God's always with you and he's never going to leave you And that with God on my side, no one can ever be against me. Now, that's not just me. That's all of us in this room. That's every single one of us. That together, we all have work to do. And that God's never going to leave us. And God is going to be by our side. And that God wants us to be strong and be courageous. Now, I want to pick up our story in verse 10 of Joshua 1. It says, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Now, Joshua, I think is, he's commanded to go to the people and say, you know what, we have some work to do. We have some work to do, so you need to be ready. You better get ready. And I'm saying to all of us here, we have some work to do. We have some work to do that, you know what, Moses is gone, Stan's going to be gone, but the work still remains. This work of taking the gospel, taking the gospel message to the lost, this work of, of making disciples still remains. So be ready, be strong, and be courageous. Now, in the story of Israel, there's a couple tribes that have already been given their land. There's a couple tribes that have already settled. They feel like, yeah, I got all my, I got, all, I got what I need. You know what? I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to go fight any battles. You, you, you go do it yourself. You guys go leave. But Joshua says to them, he says these words. He says, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God has giving you. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So Stan, he's not going to just ride off into the sunset. He's probably going to go for a walk in the sunset with his dog, Jake. And Ginger, he may invite you or he may not. I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up, whether Jake or you. I, I don't know. Let you, let you guys figure that out. But I think he would tell you that my work's not finished. His work isn't finished. Just last week, he, he was up here earlier and said he doesn't know what's next. But he told me what's next a couple of weeks ago. He, he told me, he said, he's got this group of guys that he golfs with, this group of guys that he hangs out with. And he says, you know what? Those are the group of guys that I'm. I'm witnessing to. I'm. I'm going to hopefully get a chance to let them be have that make them disciples. That's what he's got. He's already working. He's constantly working. This chapter at Hope Center might be over, but there's work to do. The credits on the movie of, of Stan Simmons is not done. The credits in the movie of us is not done. And maybe some of us at times in the lives we just go. You know what? I've. I've lived a good life i've done a good i've done my good i'm done but should we ever be done should we ever be done thinking our work's complete that my part's done let someone else do that and joshua is telling these people that you need to be ready the times are coming that your work's not done it's over when god says it's done when god says it's done and we go to heaven and we're with the lord Our work is not done. We still have work to do. So be ready, be strong, and be courageous. Now the end of Joshua 1 ends with these words. It says, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death only be strong and courageous so where is God sending you God might be sending you right here at Hope Center and that's great maybe God's sending you right here at Hope Center to, to go make disciples and to I don't do I don't know what that's between you and God and we can we can figure that out we can help figure and do that together maybe God is asking you to go somewhere that you don't even know where it's at it's somewhere else But whatever it is, obey God. Obey God. Because our work isn't done. Now, I'm going to tell you, and you probably know, I'm not Moses. I'm not Joshua. I'm not Stan. But I'm not going to even just tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I'm going to myself, I'm going to follow God, obey God, follow his direction, but that is what I'm going to ask of you, too, is that you obey God and you follow his direction. You follow God. Now, I am I need to clarify something because what I just read at the end of Joshua, it says, if you don't do that, we're going to put you to death. I don't think we're going to do that. That's, we're not going to do that. So, but hopefully, what I'm going to ask is that we love one another. That we love one another even to the point of death. That we, we love someone to such a point that that person even loses their life, they lose their life to Jesus. They lose their life to gain life that's promised by living a life for Jesus. That we take this work, that we take this work of making disciples to the end of the work, world, to the end of the earth. That we, we still have work to do. We still have this work to make disciples. Now, this journey is going to take us to our neighbors next door. It's going to take us to places that we can't even pronounce the names of those countries or those cities. Wherever it's going to go, we have work to do. But this journey is worth it. This journey is so worth it to make disciples. So who's ready for this? Who's ready for this work? You know, a backup quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he always has to be ready. He always has to be ready because you never know when that starter is going to go down. And you never know when God's going to put somebody in your life. You never know when God's going to put somebody in your life that's maybe they feel rejected. Maybe they feel they don't even want anything to do with God. And God asks you to be the starter, and He asks you to step up and gives you an opportunity to, to carry on that work of making disciples. So I ask Are you ready? Are you ready? God might be calling you. He might put someone in your path. As we walk out these doors, there might be somebody walking by that God has put in your path for this work to make disciples, searching for Jesus. Something in this passage we see over and over, God's telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. Because like I said, when we, we have this mission of being disciples, sometimes it's scary out there. These four walls inside here—it's pretty safe in here, but outside there it gets scary. Gets scary, like the Israelites did when they were looking at the Promised Land. When they had to wait 40 years because they looked and they—it was too much, because those people were big, they were scary, and they thought there's no way we could do that. But that didn't matter to God, did it? It Didn't matter to God. God said, "I can do this," and that God that said that then—he—he hasn't changed. It's still the same God. And he's still asking us to do that same work, to go make disciples. And he's still giving us the same pep talk, be strong and be courageous. So I'm just going to end with saying, be ready, be strong, and be courageous. So if God is with us, and God's never going to leave us, let's pray. Lord, I... I am just humbled for where you've brought me in this life, Lord, to lead, lead this church. Lord, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that assignment, Lord, that you've given me, Lord. Just help me to lead well. And I pray for everybody in this church, Lord, that, that, we, that we are ready, that we are strong, and we are courageous, Lord, that we take your message, Lord, we take it to the ends of the earth. That we, we take this serious about going and making disciples, Lord. That our lives are an example. That we, that we just together, Lord, we, we just grow your kingdom. Lord, and just, just help us. Help us in those times when, when it's scary and it seems overwhelming and we seem like we just can't, can't do this, Lord. But we just turn to you and we hear those words that you said to Joshua. Be strong and be courageous. I will never leave you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>